was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're going to be talking about why new launches are needed in your business. And no, it has nothing to do with money, even though it's there. The new docuseries on Netflix, Beckham. We got to talk about it. What lessons that I got out of it. Uh, the pros and cons of creativity. Are there any cons of creativity? Actually, there is. And it's really surprising. And then how to go from views to sales. We got the top entrepreneurs giving us some content tips and strategies on how to actually create content that converts. Moose, how we feel about this episode? Hey, you literally cannot grow your brand or business without utilizing the strategies in this one. So make sure you tap in. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, you know this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only allows you to stream on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, that whole nine, but it is amazing for pre-recorded videos, such as a podcast like ours, such as uh, courses and trainings that you may have. It also do, does great for Zooms and Google Meetups. It's amazing, or meetings, however you want to put it. Meetups, meetups, meetings, blah, blah, blah. But we're giving away 14 days for free on us if you go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecam for that 14 day trial. Moose, how we feeling? Man, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I am uh, finally reacclimated. I. I realized that my, my schedule gets thrown off a little bit when we have our travel events just because unlike the traditional Saturday-Sunday events, we do Sunday-Monday events. Mm. And so I end up batching two weeks together, right? So it's like you have a full work week, you travel Sunday, then you do event Sunday-Monday, then travel back home Monday night, and then Tuesday you wake up to the rest of the work week. So I was like, ah, okay, I'm going to make a change to that in 24 because that that thing is starting to catch up a little bit, but no, nah, man, things are pretty good. That's actually, you know, my big lesson for the week is try, try something new. You know, you, you, you have to put things out that keep not just your clients or customers or your audience engaged and to showcase the growth that you have been experiencing, but to keep yourself challenged and on your toes as well. So we ruled out, we rolled out a new boot camp you know, in the extreme execution or for extreme execution. And this was more so business development focus, which has really been the thing that I have been working on primarily in the last 18 months. And so it was nice to extract everything that I've learned and really look for the undermining themes or uh, similarities in everything that was done and bring that forth. So leading up to it, I was like, man, why am I so anxious like not stressed but just anxious like it's good anxious 
where you're, you're doing something for the first time again. And in comparison to, let's say, our certification event, that event has become so easy for me. No disrespect to anyone that attends, but I don't have to prep for it anymore. It's like the slides are done. Everything is ready. You just show up, you talk, and everything comes out, and it goes according to plan. But for this one, there was planning for three months prior, even some last-minute adjustments in the days leading up to. So that was a big lesson for me, man. No matter how much or how deep you are into your you know, business or entrepreneurship journey, keep launching and trying new things just to, just to challenge yourself. And the part that I thought was super beneficial is that it really spoke to many of the needs of the people in the community. So that was a win-win, man. You know, challenged us, blessed the people. That's always a win-win. That's good. So yeah. what, what about this particular, I, I, I wouldn't say launch, but this particular program make you nervous? I mean, it's in the same, I would say it's in the same field you've been doing, pretty much the same audience that you've been talking to, but what what made this one different? It's the, it's the way things will play out, right? So when you're planning something, you come up with ideas, things are in your head, you even have them on paper and you're organizing and structuring, but the one thing that you don't know is how people will respond to those concepts when there is a large group of people in the room, right? You might even bounce back and forth with a couple of people on the team. And it's like, okay, that sounds good in theory. It's still on paper. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, when you transfer that to a real live event, that's the final piece, the final feedback that you need to know, okay, from a functionality standpoint, from an event flow standpoint, from even the flow of information so that people are not feeling overwhelmed or they're clearly understanding the assignments, all of that is important because, you know, the, one of the focuses, for example, for this one was to really make sure people are able to work on the information during the event. It's not something that you just learn a bunch of stuff, then go home and have to work on it on your own. No, you can work on it right there. And so, the big thing I was always thinking about was, you know, when you you ever been in a Zoom room or you are a part of a breakout room or you send people to breakouts, everything sounds great when everyone's in the main room. Mm -hmm. The minute everyone goes to the breakout, they're like, wait, so what are we doing? Yes. So what, what happened? Yes. So I was like, yo, I really don't want that to happen at the event. Like I want to make sure when people go into their breakouts, they're clear on what the instructions are. So that was the final piece that you know, and it kept me a little anxious in terms of, all right, do I have all my bases covered for how this new format should flow? So, yeah, it was nice, though. Definitely, definitely worth worth all the time that went into it. And when is it going to happen again? So this one is um, it's it's uh, going to take place again next year. We don't have a date for it yet because the the. The event was really almost a launch pad for a group of coaches and consultants who will work with for 2024. So they will be almost our primary focus as it relates to the concepts that were introduced. Um, so I want to I want to do one of these again, at least another one, but probably either late into Q1 or sometime in Q2, just so that we can stagger the launch times a little bit. You know, like, I don't want to mm -hmm. say, okay, 20 people, and then January, you bring on another 20 people, and then it's like, okay, 
it's no longer 20 people. It's 40 people, double the workload, right. same resources. Can't, can't do that. So I want to stagger a little bit so that we can, I, I, I feel best when I'm able to run through a plan, mm-hmm. improve it, and then take another cohort through the improved process. So that way it's, it's actually getting better as you go. So I would say definitely sometime next year, either, uh, yeah, end the Q1 or sometime in Q2. That'll be the plan. No matter that. Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. like that. Um, for me, uh, I was watching, there's a few things I was watching. I'm going to start with one. Uh, the David Beckham, the Netflix joint. Did you see that one mm. yet? I have not, but I know David Beckham. Of course, I mean, dude is uh, dude is killing it. What is his? What is his? Uh, let me look up exactly what is. Uh, no, it's really his last name. Okay, whatever. Um, so I was watching it, just curious, right? One, I don't watch football or soccer. I'm not. I don't understand how big this dude is. I'm just trying to understand what the big hype is. Right? Mm-hmm. Just trying to understand. Um, but so how they documented this, this docuseries for first off, these episodes feel mad long, like extremely long. I'm only on episode two. I felt like I've been watching it for like eight hours. It's extremely long. But the one thing that sticks out to me with with this one is the balance of uh work and play right so one he he was going i guess it was like england versus argentina that's the big one that he messed up in and got booed for months and the whole country was your disgrace that whole nine um and all because he wanted to see his fiance. Like he kept going different places. Like he'll always drive over there for, you know, for four hours and only see her for, you know, seven, seven minutes. Now the girlfriend, now wife is, used to be a Spice Girls, right? Um, and his coach and some of his teammates were like, you're distracted. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. Soccer comes or football comes first. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I get it. This is a very important sport, extremely important, brings a whole country together. But we don't believe in in balance. We don't believe in, like, you having a personal life. It's just, it sounded very go, 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 uh, football is life. And that's all you're supposed to do in that whole nine. And he still uh, tried to balance it. And when the team lost, it was his fault. I'm like, there are so many other people on this team. And even the coach blamed it on him. And I'm like, mind you, he had just heard that, that day before that game like, I think the same day that his fiance was pregnant. So mm. the, the thing that's, that's so mind boggling is like, we see 
when it comes to the greats, we see the the greats struggle or there is mention of work-life balance. And we see what they pick and what they don't pick and how the consequences that it's done. Whether you don't pick the personal life and, you know, you go through your own feelings about that. You don't really have great relationships. You know, you have all the materialistic things in the world, but no one to share it with. We've seen that situation. Now we've seen one where you pick the the personal life and now the whole country's against you. Mm. I'm like, brings up the great question again of, is work-life balance really a thing? Yeah. Is it really a thing to those who are meant for greatness? That's, because mm. is it a thing? It too. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were meant to do certain, you know, uh, supposed to execute on a certain level, does it really, does it really exist? Or do you just get to a point that you've accomplished everything and now you put priority to those things? It made me, it yeah. made me think about that. I, I haven't finished watching it. Um, I'm going to it's just for some reason just feels so long and the, the accents is the accents like it is you hear that that UK accent serious and I'm like oh oh hmm. I'm like okay all right that's fine uh but that's that's one thing that I learned another thing I learned was from a book and I wanted to talk to you about it because it 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 smacked me on my head. So I'm reading mm-hmm. uh, the Win Without Pitching Manifesto. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good book. I think uh, Marshall uh, recommended it, but I'm not sure. Uh, they said so. The pros and cons of creativity. I wanted to talk about that. So. The pros of creativity, of course, bring fresh thinking to new, to old problems. It just gives a, a great energy towards it. But the, the con to it is that it can serve as a rationale for not choosing a focus. And by not doing that, you're not eliminating competition. You're not eliminating competition? Yeah. You're not focused to you you so instantly what I think about that is like the whole there's no other competition, right? When people say I'm not in competition with nobody, I'm in a lane all by myself. Right? I'm in a lane, I'm done doing what I want. And I'm like, as cre- as as a creator. I do come up with multiple ideas when one is boring or one has met what it needs to do. And then I'm off to the next one. But if I was to just stay focused on this one thing, instead of creating multiple things and now, okay, look at all the stuff that I've done, but I haven't been, let's say to some creators, now, I haven't hit that same spot over and over again to be undeniable number one in that situation. 
Mm. But you know what's interesting is that there is you, you you might have heard the name. He's an author in the consulting and advice giving space. Alan Weiss. He wrote Consulting Bible and Value Based Fees. I think is mm-hmm. another book that he wrote. He's completely against the idea of picking a niche. And so he's probably the only person who speaks so strongly against that, which is like, don't pick a niche. You, you're going to limit your opportunities. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And that's, the, that's really one of the only people who I've heard talk about that. But th- I'm, I, I follow more of what you mentioned, right? That don't, not just only picking a niche, but a little bit of what we talked about last week, trying to look for a sub-niche. Mm-hmm. Almost something that gives you that unique opportunity to step out of the way of competition. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's interesting. I have to look that up though because I I think I do remember him mention it during the episode when a, uh, what is really, it really when, when I tell you it's a really really good book. Um, that's just one of the things that I got out of it. Like uh, another thing they said was like skills that you need to succeed as a creative enterprise and in this order consulting mm. writing and artistry artistry has to be third how I'm do right. they define artistry is it that the creative the, ways just the creative okay, just the creativity yeah so because Got this it. is because they're focusing on a, a creative enterprise so whether that is uh writing pictures video whatever your creative situation when it comes to building that creative enterprise, it does have to be the consulting and finding out the problem first, your writing skills, and then artistry. Which of those three you think you're in right now? Or like, which of those three would you say you feel pretty good at and what's next? Um, one in three, I'm good at. Writing, I suck at. I'm <laughs> horrible. That yeah. is, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Writing is not my thing um i'm i'm open to improving but writing is definitely no no yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you i would i would yeah i would say i'm in i'm in my writing season now i'm taking mm-hmm. writing a lot more serious everything that we think about or anything that i think about really i try to expand on it and say how do you define that what does that mean give some examples why is it important like these are all just questions that i think about in my head now to really pressure test an idea mm-hmm. because I find that a lot of our ideas are not original ideas. Just as humans, especially living in today's digital world, in my opinion, because we take in so much content, whether intentionally or not intentionally, something is going to get passed down to you that is very, very difficult to get pure original ideas. They're usually a spinoff of something you've heard, something you saw, right? A, a lot of that. And so I feel that writing really helps me to make sure that I'm adding as much of an original idea to the space as possible. So that's that's the season that I'm in. Creativity, man. Oh, man. Or artistry, I guess, as, they, as they've said it. Yeah, you guys keep, keep praying for me on that one. I, I, I will say I am improving in the sense of I know what I want and what I don't want. So I've learned, mm. I've learned my lesson. You can't, you can't enter the space of creativity or artistry and say, yes, just give me something that looks nice or something that looks good. It, that's just so broad. 
So I at least understand now when working with creatives, you have to give samples and references and examples and say what you don't want and say exactly what you would like it to be. So I think I'm better in that, in that standpoint, but the creative expression, uh, not yet, not yet. We're going to have to work that muscle a little bit more. Why do you think not yet? So we'll see. I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think that uh, maybe, maybe because when I think of artistry and creative, I think about it from, I don't know why, but someone like Kanye comes to mind. Right. And, and, that's really he, He's always... That's I know, really that's what high. I'm saying. So what comes to mind is this color-seeing person who, you know, thinks of all of these crazy concepts. So it's like, okay, now I'm, I can't just create things that don't exist. I can create based off of, again, samples and references and get an idea. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I think uh, the highest level of creativity is to think of things that don't exist. I think that's really cool. But you, like I but aspire you just admitted, to do more of that. You, you just admitted that probably 90% of the things that are new are not really new. I, I think yeah. in, the, in the book, uh, Still Like an Artist, one of the things that they say is that, you know, there's nothing that's, a, that's original. It's just we don't know the, the original source. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, that's good. I like that. That that's so it may seem new to us, but it really isn't. So even with Kanye, Kanye's inspired by multiple of people. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I uh, and and I also think of artistry specifically from a visual standpoint. You know, in terms of uh, especially in our space, you can't help but think beyond graphic design and the videos, you know, that, that creative expression of making something really come to life using a lot of the visual elements. And so, so funnel, like funnel I, creators are not, are not artists. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't comment mm. on the topic. Uh, <laughs> I won't comment on the topic because those, uh, gotta be friends with those people. No. So, but what I mean is that like back in people, when they're building a system, oh, right? And they don't get, yeah, don't get caught up on funnels. I was just randomly mm -hmm. thinking of that. But I think people who build out systems from a back-end standpoint that we may not see, I do believe that's a sense of artistry in it because you have to have a creative mind to know where uh, everything is connected and Plug mm -hmm. this to plug that to plug. And actually, I thought of a better way of actually creating this or allowing this to flow a little bit easier. That's not manual. I, I do believe that that's uh, creative ways. If you're creating something that's yeah, that's artistry. True, true. Yeah. Now, for, for me, I guess because that part comes natural to me, you know, the the optimized flow of something is more of my natural way of thinking. But the, the visual expression or the visual extensions of what is optimized, that's the part that I don't see. Like I, I'm always uh, really impressed by how, for example, Carl will add certain effects to something on the fly mm -hmm. and he'll just know, okay, this will make it look better, feel better, sound better. It will communicate these elements 
by doing this type of music. Like he's he, he's attempted to explain his thought process on that visual artistry or just just for simple terms editing. And and I'm I'm still like it's it's not systematic enough for me to just duplicate it. So that's why you know I, I definitely appreciate artists for that reason or creatives for that reason because like that's a lot of new ways to be able to infuse emotions into something so people can connect with it beyond just the the black and white you know the 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 funnel the funnel creators <laughs> the funnel I'm, creators. I'm just saying I, I I think it's a matter of. So I believe you're super creative in in the things that you do, mm -hmm. right? But what I've realized, come to realize is that if one doesn't feel as if they are creating something visual that they're not creative or there's no such thing as artistry in in their life. That's what they assume that is. And I'm like, if you create anything, period, yeah, I can't do what you do. There's no, there's no way, shape, or form I'll be bored. I can't do it. I don't want to. And there's things I do you can't do. You're not nor where interested in doing. So no. I, I, I just look at it that way because I, I think more, and I think it's because people who are, like, could do visuals in a talented way wish they can do the back-end systems stuff a lot more because we look at that like as oh my gosh if i only had these particular things my life would be amazing mm -hmm. i can't even mm -hmm. think like that yeah I mean, yeah it's crazy the two people need each other that's for sure it's fact they need each other it's fact let's get into the creator of the week and this Creator uh, goes as uh, your rich BFF, Vivian Two. I want to say that it's T U. If I said it wrong, I'm sorry, Vivian. I apologize. But I came across her her content on shoot everywhere TikTok, uh, Instagram, and it's one of those accounts that will give you tips about uh, how to get your money back if your flights are delayed, uh, how to put a Roth IRA from, from your kids. Uh, she gives all these different tips. And here's one uh, just so you can have. Going to the movies is so expensive now. It's 20 bucks for a ticket plus my life savings for snacks. You're paying to see the movie? Yeah, some of us aren't criminals who just sneak in. I don't sneak in, I have Amazon Prime. I said movie theater. I don't want to just watch at home. Yeah, I know. Prime Premiere allows Amazon Prime customers to sign up for exclusive early screenings to view Amazon's original movies and series at their local theaters for no cost. In addition to scoring a free ticket to the movie premiere, these screenings can include photo ops, complimentary concessions, and special giveaways. Wait, I have Amazon Prime. How do I do this? You can reserve up to two tickets in advance at primepremiere.amazon. Screening start at 7 p.m. local time. And before the screening, don't forget to grab your complimentary popcorn and soda. Well, I'm definitely going to check into that. But she gives tips like that all the time. And it's so good. I believe she has a podcast, too. But uh, go check her out. It's I think her 
her username is your rich BFF. Literally, your rich BFF. Um, go check so out good. her content. Uh, Moose, do you know of this creator? I have seen her. I don't know her by name, but I have definitely seen her content. So brand awareness is definitely up, Vivian. There we go. Look at that. So go check it out if you want all those tips. Because she's pretty dope. She's pretty dope. Yeah, now, uh, for the the topic of, of the week, pretty much, is how to go from views to sales, right? We gathered some of the best uh, content creation tips, everything from how to pretty much get the idea and set it up to what exactly to create to actually convert from sales to subscriptions, email lists, whatever you are converting to, right? So the first one uh, actually comes from someone we've talked about several times on this podcast, which is Chris Doe. Drop and give me 20. Okay, so that's the, the military exercise to say, like, if you're in good physical condition, you should be able to drop and give me 20 push-ups right now. So for people, sit down and think, what are the 20 things in my life that I know that could be valuable to somebody to the point in which they would pay me to know those things? And really sit down and work on this and write and, and, and your first time articulating it articulating an idea should not be on camera really just sit down and build structure uh, build uh, an outline to what it is that you want to say find supporting information go some research find some quotes and and then now you've got some meat on the bones then put that content out there okay hey low-key let me find out chris doe is reading uh win without pitching and he's he's speaking to the second piece right there writing but no, that's 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 right in line, man. You know, I I I really have come to believe that before you put a product out to the marketplace, before you even pick up the camera and start creating content, because I know that that seems to be the highway to success in terms of content creation because of how valuable and important it is. I think a lot of us have become, uh, I don't want to say overlooked, but we've undermined the importance of being good at something or really being well-read, well-studied, well, you know, being able to articulate ourselves incredibly well for some of these concepts. So uh, that spot is, is so important. It's one of the core things that, you know, we've been talking a lot about recently, which is become, go beyond the norm, you know, and I can, I can tell now because I've been, I've been listening to some content and I'm grateful to be at a point where I can listen and know, and I don't know if, if you can ever realize this too, Nick's, but you can listen to some people's content and know how long they've been in the space for mm -hmm. just based on what they yeah. say, right? It's like, okay, good, great visuals. Everything is amazing, but there's a lot of entry level delivery that lets me know you're on the right path, but you just need a little bit more work. And granted, everyone has to start somewhere, but I do believe that idea to be able to expand on the drop and give me 20 concept that he just broke down. I just think of it as having some form of multi-layered phase to communicate and teach people or just really explain this area that you specialize in. How do you explain it for beginners? And once a beginner is able to understand how to do that thing, what does the next level look like? And what does the expert level look like? 
right? To, because it should, it should be multifaceted in a sense. So I really like this concept before you jump on camera, become well-read, well-researched, well-versed on the thing that you're trying to deliver to, you know, of course, help people along the way. That's good. That's good. So the next one comes from Brandon Carter, a famous fitness trainer who's all over YouTube at, at a certain point. But he talks about content creation as kind of dividing it into tasks. Here's how you can consistently post content to make sure you make more money. So when most people do a post, they do everything at once, right? They make the content, they edit it, they write the caption, and then they post it. What you want to do is batch those tasks. This is the same tactic I use to grow my YouTube page from zero to over 700,000 followers. So on Monday, I would film all the content for the week. Tuesday, I would edit all the content. Wednesday, I would make all the thumbnails. On Thursday, I would upload and schedule all of the videos. And I did this every week. I adopted a similar strategy when I started doing Instagram. And that's how I was able to grow my Instagram to over 700,000 followers. The benefit of doing it like this is because those are all different tasks. And when you have to switch from one task to another, you lose time. Tasks take a lot longer to accomplish. When you batch similar tasks together, start to get into a flow. You're able to get through them way quicker than if you had to switch from task to task to task. I ain't gonna hold you. I think that's genius. I never thought of it in that kind of way. Um, the the way that I do things is like I'll have an idea and then I'll create it real quick. And at the same time that I'm creating, I'm thinking the captions, I'm about to post it, distribute. So I'm doing everything all at once. And I never thought about, of course, we hear about batching content. I think that part was very obvious, but batching the titles, batching the the artwork that goes with it, batching the captions and the video descriptions, and then batching the scheduling out. That is something that I never really even explored until watching that. And I was just like, yo, that actually, that actually makes a lot of sense and could probably allow your brain to just think in a more focused way. Like I know Right now, all I got to worry about is talking to this camera. That's it. I don't got to worry about nothing else about the, the creative process. Cool. I just got to worry about the, the thumbnails. The, I don't have to worry about the edit of the videos right now. I don't have to worry about the written part. So I, I think this is something that we should at least explore to see if this could work for us. Some people are the all-in-one situation. And... If that works out perfect for you, cool. But it, especially in the beginning, and you if you get overwhelmed and, and haven't been consistent on a regular basis, this may be a system that you should try to see if, hey, this is going to allow me the freedom to think of new ideas, the freedom to go scale my business, because I'm not concentrating on everything of the creative process all at once. I'm able to do other things. So uh, I really like what Brandon said on that one, but let's get into the third tip, right? And the third tip comes from, I think his name is Stephen G. Pope. Stephen G. Pope, uh, talking about now we're getting into the details of what exactly to put into your content so it can convert. 
people do like how-to information, but what they really care more about is like, do you know where they want to go? Can you show some expertise or some knowledge that you understand that person and where they're at? Do you use the same language they do? These are all things that are helping build trust for them to even entertain the process of listening to you in the first place. And then displaying some of that empathy and authority that you're an expert. And only then will they really listen to the how-to information. But they really don't care so much about that. That will then further solidify whether they want to work with you or not. But that's how you have to think about it. You have to give somebody a specific action that's going to alleviate some pain they have and develop the story such that they even believe that you're the one to give them that advice. So here we're, we're seeing the transition of going from just general content to now introducing a little bit of the selling, right? And you're realizing the importance of not just introducing yourself without, without having to formally introduce yourself, right? When people look at your social media, obviously they know your name. And so it's, it's I've, I've always found that to be an interesting way how some people can master it and some people almost completely avoid it and can butcher it from time to time. So when he's talking about, you know, really showing that you know the person that you're talking to, right? It's, it's that understanding of the audience, their needs, their desires and pain points that's that first connection layer that someone's going to listen to and say, okay, you got my attention because why you're speaking my language. And so that that's the first almost foundational element to now wanting to set up, set yourself up to introduce a solution. Now notice he downplays the how to a little bit because while how to co content is helpful and if it's not, uh, I don't want to say a very specialized part or, there's some parts of how-to that are standard across many different industries. And so when you talk about why someone is going to want to work with you versus work with someone else, it's because of those other elements that are included in the content or yourself. It could be your personality style. It could be any other element that is going to help push that. So it's funny, we've had to walk some people off the ledge and saying, okay, you're saying all the politically correct things. And guess what? They sound great. Can't take that away from you. But you know what it also sounds like? Very robotic and unrelatable. And so mm. I know that we think that we want to have the perfect pitch or the perfect content because that's what's going to help us, say, convert and get more sales. But in reality, I find it crazy that so many of us want perfection, but we don't relate with perfection. Think about it. Very few of us say, man, I relate with this person because they're so perfect. They've had the perfect upbringing. They wear the perfect clothes all the time. They say all of the perfect things. Yeah, you might maybe admire someone like that, but you're not necessarily, uh, say, pushed to action by someone like that, right? We, 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 especially in today's marketplace, are connecting with people who are a lot more real and raw and relatable to us. So uh, th th this is the part where I say, yes, have your how-to content and all of these structured elements ready to go but don't mute some of the unique parts of you that really help people to say, okay, this is why I actually like this person. Even if they don't know why, that's, that's, that part is equally as important. And then the last thing, of course, and I, I think this is super important too, which is speaking with authority, right? Mm -hmm. to, and by the way, this is easily done. You can, you can play back and listen to your own content or your own stuff on video or audio and just listen to some of the, words that you use. If you're using words that seem as though you're guessing, 
kind of, I talked about a little bit about this last week when I talked about this is why I'm grateful for the podcast because it helped me to eliminate that. And I've become aware of the fact that, oh, you use a lot of those unsure, wishy-washy kind of words. You want to satisfy everybody. Wipe that away. Just stand on what you believe and go. So that's, a, that's another place to, uh, to look for, but also a way to practice it is literally just listen back to yourself and, and try to get a lot of that language out because it's, it's more of a language thing than anything else. That's so good. So the next tip actually comes from Shopify. Shopify has been dropping some, some cool tips if y'all, y'all caught it, but we got one for you. Second tip, you're going to make a sandwich. You're going to format your content like this. Content, call to action, content. Who remembers TV? That was literally a content marketing sandwich at its finest. It was like television, commercial, back to the television program. And people came to watch the content and got sold to in the meantime, right? So this goes towards something that even Gary V talks about, which is, you know, jab, jab, right hook, right? You don't, however you want to go about it. In, in this video, they talk about pretty much value, sale, value, right? Gary V will talk about jab, jab, right hook. So that's value, value, um, sales, right? The, the important part that you're getting out of this is you don't want to only sell, 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 sell. I was actually on Content Corner. I go live every Wednesday on Instagram Live, right? And somebody was like, yo, look at my page. And when I looked at their page, it was all sales flyers or them talking about the actual business where I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like, I don't know what you do. Like, I think this person did, was like an adjuster. I don't know what an adjuster is to, for you to even, for me to even know if I'm, could be your client or not. I'm, I'm not really sure. Or there's not necessarily information that can even make me curious to even want that. Right. And, and that's where, content comes in because content is just telling the story about why we need it. Not what it is and what it can do for me. It's more of the story of why I need this. Right. Why is this add value into my life? I don't necessarily care what you've done, all your accolades, all like that's cool. And to some that builds credibility. But that can't be every single one of your posts. So how they're, they're saying and how Shopify is talking about it, hey, add value, do a call to action, right? So we could do uh, post, post, post value, post value, post value, hey, deeper than the brand. Post value, post value, post value, hey, flight assessment, stream execution, you know? you could clearly see that we are trying to give you information that is beneficial for you, but we're also trying to make you aware of all the stuff that we have going on because it is still the business. It's still, you know, we still got to sell certain things here and there. So with your content, try to 
find the healthy balance of how do I still add value to to my audience and to my uh, future customers and clients, but then as well as inform them and direct them to where they need to go for the transformation that my brand does. So that's what I say. That's good. That's good. Now I got a, I do got a bonus one that I, I kind of want both of us to talk about. Uh, we, we can't talk about content without bringing, I brought up Gary Vee already once, but I found this part that really goes based off what content we should be creating. And sometimes we've already done it, but we probably just overlooked it. So this is, this is what he said about this. What I really want for all of you is to get to the content that does well to inform your content going forward. So I'm less worried about how well each individual piece goes for all of you. I want you to take more at-bats to be better at it. So right now what's happening is too many people are trying to be cute and like higher quality, less quantity, deep down because it's easier. Because it's work, it's hard. You got other things, I get it. I'm not judging, but I'm trying to tell everybody you're all trying to get better at tennis and if you practice five days a week instead of three days a week, you'll be better at tennis in 24 months. One of the things I'm concerned about is when people go with that model is they're not doing enough pieces of content to figure out the thing that's going to work. So here, here's my thing with this because I could go about it in like a few ways. One, the going back and going back especially to analytics and find out what exactly works sometimes is the exact thing you don't want to do again. So, of course, so I agree with him. Go back. Your whole blueprint is in your analytics. It's stuff you've already done. But we think that we always have to create something new so we don't really go back and check it. But if we was to just check it, it literally tells us your audience likes this. The platform actually gives you more exposure when you do this, right? And of course, not exactly in that plain text, but you will see by numbers of what works and what doesn't. I'm so, so Moose, I actually want to go to you with this because it's like you've done content for a bit and there's probably stuff that if you go in your analytics would be like, Screaming, this worked. And you're like, I understand that. However, comma, I don't see this working in this season. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you battle with information? Because if this was a regular business, you would go based off the facts of this works. We're going to continue to do what this works. Why is it different when it comes to uh, a creative uh, uh, product like yeah. media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think the part that Gary Vee's talking to is being able to develop the skill that allows you to reproduce what works consistently for a time being, right? Or, or not for a time being, but consistently over time versus, okay, this works and... I'm going to wait a little bit and bring something and try something. And okay, that works, right? It's that scattered greatness rather than consistently being great. And so that, 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 that I know. First of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. (laughs) 
Right, that was a yeah. bar. What'd you say? Yeah, I, I mean, scattered greatness versus being consistently great over time. I, I, that, that's, that's what I feel he was talking to there when he says, you know, posting less, but with greater quality versus everything I post is great quality, right? Mm -hmm. It's like quality in quantity. It's, 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 a, it's, the, it's like you're breaking the code, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's ultimately the thing that everyone is up against. So I think to break the matrix in that sense is, is super powerful. But quite honestly, I have not let that stop me. I've gone back, especially as I have gotten more comfortable on camera and with the platforms and engaging with my audience. I've talked a lot especially over the last six weeks or so that I have for a long time engaged with social media through the first, uh, through the second part of that word or that second part of the phrase, which is media. Yes, I've engaged by posting videos and photos and content, but I have not been social on social media. Mm. And so now I make it way more of a goal of mine to interact and not even so much. And I know this is probably breaking a, a, a written rule or unwritten rule somewhere, not so much on my own content, but I want to go out and engage with people on their content because I feel people really take appreciation to, I know how I feel when I get comments. I know how I feel when I get engagement and interaction or that quote, quote unquote social aspect of my content. So I try to recreate that for somebody else because I feel like, and, and again, shout out to Daryl, man, because I, I really have, have paid attention to that. He might have, I don't even know if he realized how, how uh, impactful that, that point that he made was when he said, you know, best practices no longer work when everyone starts to do them. They don't, they don't have or deliver the same effect anymore because everyone's doing them. And so when there's competition in the marketplace around something that everyone's running to, it doesn't hit the same. So I have uh, really paid attention to that. And I know a lot of us are advised to comment on everyone or respond to everyone who comments to us because it's great engagement. But you know it's really beneficial for you as a creator when you do it on your own post. But when you go to somebody else's post and you comment on their post because you genuinely connect with the content or you support the message and what they're doing, it, it breaks the mold, right? It's, it engages just a, an organic social factor. So that, that's, that's the part that, that I have been doing. But all of that to say, I have gone back and reposted the exact content stuff that works like the, the my most viewed video ever on instagram uh i think it got somewhere north of this is this is my i guess my quote-unquote viral moment it got it got somewhere in the, the the vicinity of like four hundred thousand views uh this i might have posted it probably 11 or 12 months ago just recently just recently about three weeks ago i was like you know what i'm gonna bring this one back you'd be surprised it did the exact same thing Hmm. It did major numbers, the same exact clip. It was like, I changed nothing, but maybe I, I believe I, I changed the filter and I changed the way the captions came up on the video. That was the only thing I changed. Everything else was almost exactly the same. And it did very similar numbers. So I have done that part. I'm curious your take though, because I, I guess I want to know, are you saying, hey, go back and just repost the content that has performed? Or are you saying go back and study the content that has performed and think about how to recreate more of that same content? I guess you're I saying it, the latter, right? I think a little bit of both. I do believe sometimes just straight up reposting still works. 
I do it myself. Um, but I do believe the content format and the topics is already in our analytics based off what we've done in the past that we should look into and be like, okay, how do I maximize this even more? How could I milk this out even more? So normally when we're, when we're talking about creating content, it is based off our audience pain points that we're talking about. So for me, if I was talking about, let's say, uh, introverts not liking uh, creating videos, they don't like to be in front of the camera. So I can see that the two videos that I did talk about that, they did great. Did I cover all the solutions to that problem? Is there mm. different ways that people see that problem as? Maybe not as direct as I said it, or maybe they say, they think uh, video is king right now and that's all everybody is doing, but they can't find a... a a consistent flow of doing videos come to find out they don't necessarily like doing videos because they don't like being in front of the camera because they're not that type. So I'm just wording it a different way, finding out different triggers, trigger words to get their attention. And I just have to go, okay, boom, my audience responds to this topic. My audience responds to that topic. My audience loves reels. My audience, like, like for the podcast right now, our, our audience loves carousels. So now we know that I could go about a different topic, but I could do it in a carousel. I can talk about uh, for introverts, but I could talk about it in just a different way or just show them an example of what to do to create videos without being in front of the camera. So it's it's really for me a little bit of both to really like leverage all the data that has been collected yeah that's good yeah i have to try that because you know i just translated that into one piece of your content that performed really well may have been talking about like you said introverts afraid to get in front of the camera and so you gave them one strategy for being able to build confidence on camera but maybe you have five strategies overall for doing that so going back and give them strategy number two and three and so on so i haven't done that i haven't gone back and looked at performance and recreated based on that i have just simply reposted but that's good i'm 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 gonna do it so i'm hoping some of y'all listen do too man you know what i'm saying that's that's good yay Uh, so you let us know if these content tips has helped to go from views to sales. That was the, the topic of the day. But we got to go into the question of the week. Of course, this segment is sponsored by flightassessment.com. Discover your personal superpowers and learn how to use your superpowers to become a master communicator strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential, flightassessment.com. And uh, this question comes from uh, Deeper Than The Brand, so if you're not part of that community, uh, you can't ask us questions. 
maybe then. Yeah, I'm just saying. Play plug. So, question of the week. Should you position, uh, should your should a brand position itself as exclusive and premium or accessible and mass market? Moose, what is your thoughts? Yeah, is it? Is, uh, my opinion has uh, really grown on this concept. Mm. Uh, again, another one of those things that you asked me, you know, one Ten year ago, ago. <laughs> I would give yeah, yeah, literally, it's one of those things. But you asked me about it 10, 12 months ago. It's one answer. Today's a different answer. But I, I, I see the I see the value, of course, in both sides. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. Something. So here's the deal. I I I make it a personal goal to make education related products and services. Uh, accessible for all and affordable, right? Yes. Th th that is definitely a personal goal. I don't believe that I'm there yet uh, for, for a variety of reasons. And, and believe it or not, it's really more of a brand factor than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. But with that said, uh, my personal preference has always been premium and exclusive. And I don't know if it's a strategic desire than more of a personality preference and a way of in all transparency not having to document or uh maybe take on the pressure of feeling as though i have to document every single piece mm -hmm. of my journey or business or life etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, for some reason and i just as i think about it now I reflect on this piece i probably have translated available as in uh sharing you know like av available on camera per se not accessible and those are two different terms but i i think that that's probably the difference i gotta go back and revisit so i know long term for me the goal is definitely to be accessible for all and and of course uh, uh really within reach for any and everybody and again i know that goes against the quote-unquote you know real standards of doing something, but that's just, that's just how I see it. But as of right now, my personal preference is still uh, the premium and exclusive because of how people treat your product and service when they associate it with that status or class. You know, I feel that for some reason, people, when they make a larger investment into something, they care for it completely different. You know, uh, I was going to use the example of like sneakers. You know, when you invest into a pair of sneakers, especially a pair of exclusive, let's say, J's right from behind Nick's uh, wall there versus, I don't know, some gym shoes that you just picked up to literally go work out in, you're going to walk differently. Like I, I, I love the memes of that show people like guys when they're about to propose and they got a pair of J's on and then nice. they take the kneel, but they, they protect the crease. It's like, yo... <laughs> This is a uh, something that I invested in, so I'm going to care for it. So my point is I've always appreciated being a part of groups and communities where people invest deeply into something. Mm -hmm. And so they approach it with a certain level of work ethic and appreciation for the time valued. And I know that uh, it price is also used as a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. And that's 
that's that could be a good or a bad thing, right? But you know, it, it depends, I guess, on how you look at it. Hmm. Okay. Um, for me, so I believe a brand should have both, right? I really do. And and the reason why I say that is uh because I and maybe for the type of person that I am, I'm a people's person. So I always do want to be available for the people, but I do want to uh, reward some of the people who've been rocking with me the most and who understand that certain access or certain information isn't necessarily going to be available all the time, right? So where, let's say from since most brought up the educational side of things. So where there could be a course that's available 24 seven, anytime that you want to buy it, cool, get that. But a one-on-one may be limited or a coaching program can be limited to how many people can have a seat to it or as far as when you can register to it I would say that's how you can make it exclusive or limited to and, and just from an educational brand to just be super exclusive as I mean, it has its pros and cons. Cause I mean, let's say if we look at, let's say an, an ET, his content is always available, but to get him per se, that's kind of, uh, limited and exclusive, right? There's a certain price point that doesn't attract to everybody. Now, if he was trying to get to everybody, he'll probably have to lower his price so he can be accessible for the masses. But he's not trying to be accessible for the masses. He's just trying to be accessible for those people who truly need him. And those people who see his value will pay that price, right? Even with his group coaching, that whole nine. Now for, let's say, a uh, product base of, of any sort, you have to look at it from, are you, are you willing to do a high price point and not everybody saying yes to it? Is that going to mess with your head after a while? Because in the beginning of a luxury brand, depending on how you market it, you may not get the right people right away like there may be a lot of like dead days or just not necessarily scaling uh scaling high because of the price points that you do and are you okay with that because then it could it could take off with just one or two people that put it right on the on social media and then and then your brand blows up as this great premium joint right um i look at at uh Milano, right? She, her prices are high. Great quality, that whole nine. She's not compromising, but the work that she's done before to make sure that influencers get it, to make sure she, uh, you know, highlights everybody who buys it. There was a certain kind of uh, grind to have that luxury price. So if you're willing to do that, cool. 
if you're if you are true, here's another thing. If you're true to I'm going with the exclusive and limited one, once it's sold out, that it's sold out. Sold out. Cause some people be like, hey, I need it. And you're like, I can sell one more. I can sell one more. I mm-hmm. I yeah, let me take. And then it actually disregards those people who actually took their time to buy it right away. And you're actually uh, hurting your customers' uh, buying habits than necessarily training them because you're saying something is sold out or something has 10 spots, 50 spots. And then when they actually come through, they're like, yo, there's like 500 people here. Why did you say that? So- I believe in a bit of both. If I had to lean to one, I'm always going to go with the limited and the exclusive. Just because you're allowed to price it at a point that doesn't make you feel. uh, I'm going to say used. That's that's so bad. Desperate. Desperate. I like that. Desperate. Desperate words. Yeah, Yeah, because you got to think about the difference. Yeah, my bad. I was just going to say, you got to think about the difference between why is it that some people sell something at a low rate and it's looked at with great levels of optimism and uh, you might say, wow, this person is so giving or they're, they're, they're such a good person, right? They're charitable, whatever the case may be. And other people who sell at a very low rate and you're just like, well, it's cheap. Mm. And the difference... And the difference is it's someone started at premium and exclusive or really built to establish themselves there. And once they're at that status, they have brought down all the barriers so that they can give people access, you know? And that's why ultimately for me, I look at education as one of those things, but you can't start by saying, Hey, I'm going to sell all my programs for a dollar. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds great in theory, but who are you? Like, what have you accomplished? Because we don't want to learn from but someone who values yeah, this stuff. And they don't do anything for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Leave it free. Leave it free. They're not going to do anything for a dollar. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. And that's why I'm saying, like, I, I know education is one of those spaces where it becomes, you know, because when you look at physical goods, like, for example, you mentioned Milano, she is investing more it cost her more to develop a better, more premium product. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand why there is going to be a certain markup. Mm-hmm. Now, in education, it's one of those spaces where you have a pretty limited overhead. I'm not going to say it's very low, but you have limited overhead. You know, in most cases, especially if you run yourself rather lean and you can function at a pretty profitable rate. So you run lean. So you can afford to sometimes reduce your cost, depending on the program, of course. I don't want to just throw that out there for everybody. But yeah. When 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 you put it out there and they don't they don't make value of it, that's where it's like, ah, okay, maybe maybe I should spike these prices again. Just saying. It, it, <laughs> pricing pricing always goes based off do they see the value? Yeah. Do they see the value? There's a lot of stuff that I've paid for that I know the price is crazy, but I thought it was valuable at the moment. At the moment. Can't, can't. <laughs> Emphasis really, on at the yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> something just, 
didn't didn't stand strong. But you know, oh, this is great. I'm gonna get it. You know what I mean, so mm-hmm. like there was a recent recent buy that I, I'm excited about, but I don't know if it uh, if it lives up to it. I just bought a teleprompter, right? For uh, pretty much for content, so I could read question of the week right to the camera and that whole nine. It was a good. It was a good amount of money. It wasn't crazy, but it was a good amount of money. And I'm like, for what it does, the value mm-hmm. is there. Now I got to see if it actually works the way that I yeah. seen it. And to be like, yeah, this was worth it. And be like, nah, not so much. So, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no. Prime example. Prime example. We're going a little off topic. Not really. Um, I need to get a new bed. Okay. Okay. Need to get a new bed. <laughs> Follow me with this. Okay. In my mind, I had a certain budget, right? I had a certain budget. This is another thing of where also like when don't be so eager to get more money because you just spend more money. I'm just let, letting you know this. Okay. So, uh, somebody recommended the Tempur-Pedic people. Right? That that mattress? Cool. I got a flagship store about 10 minutes away. Let me go. I'm going to go. So in my mind, mind you, I had in my head, I'll, I'll say the price, like 3, 4K. 3, 4K. For, for bed. I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not compromising. mattress or just bed? The, the mattress. Your... I just wanted oh, a new mattress. mattress. Okay, got it. Right? Got matches. Okay. Yep. I was yep. like, we're not being cheap, but we're not, you know, not super breaking the bank. Okay. Great. I go there, and I'm for those people who don't know, I'm not a shopper. I go, I find what I want, and I leave with what I want. Y'all may be hearing mm-hmm. cuddles in the background. Sorry about that. But so I go, I I sit on the mattress. Boom! I want this mattress. They're like, you sure? Yeah, give me this one, right? Cool. It's four blah, 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 blah. Okay, I get it. Well, um, you need to get a base. Huh? Mm. Yeah, so this type of bed doesn't necessarily take your base or any other base. Here's the different bases, and this is where it goes from four to eight. For the base, hello. All together, because you can't just buy the mattress. Yeah. And I'm almost like, what happens if I just buy the mattress? Put it on top? No, no, you can't. So now it goes from uh, what I thought I was going to pay, what I found the value of this, to now, I don't, I don't necessarily see the value so much. Of the up now, granted, the up, down, and no gravity situation did feel amazing. I ain't going to hold you. But how they uh, changed the prices is like the remote. One was basic. One had all the buttons on it with more features. Had a USB situation. And I'm like, I don't know if I see the value. Hmm. Interesting. In this. It's nice. Yeah. But... Is this really going 
to transform in the level that I need? Like, could I go to the basic and, or does, and for me, it's never about price. As long as I know it's the best, is that the best one? Is that the best one? I don't know. I don't know, but don't, don't give me a huge price and make me think that is the best one just because of how you priced it. And the little gadgets Dang. you added. Yeah, no, I forgot about the lesson. Now I just want to know I, if you bought I'm it. Bring or it not. I'm bringing it back. I always bring it back to the lesson. I don't worry. I stay. I was, like, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about the lesson. Yeah, yeah, no, no, what, no, 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 what, no, no, no. You were wrapped the... in the story. You were wrapped in the story. I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm no, bringing back good. to the lesson. Okay. I bring it back. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Man. I didn't I didn't see the value of the seven to eight thousand. So now I'm gonna go look at other things. And if the if the value makes sense mm-hmm. based off other brands, then yeah. And it's and for me, it's not about what has the cheaper price, but what is the best one out of all the 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 things that I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Nick's Nick's had me. Huh. He was, he was like, I was, into the, I was into the bed. I was into the story. There was a lesson. So, so what there was a whole lesson. So did you buy the, the bed? Did you? <laughs> yeah, but did you buy the bed? That's what I was thinking. I was like, so, so what happened with the mattress? <laughs> nope, nope. I gotta, oh, I gotta man. go shop around. It. So, people, if you know uh, better beds than the Tempur-Pedic people or Tempur-Pedic people, if you just want to give me a bed, and I Hello. know you guys have a certain day trial, but the hassle. Here's the thing. I love when they go. Try it out. Sleep on it. And you can return it if you don't like it. I am not the returner. You feel me? I am not the returner. I do, will not go into hassle of finding the, the number, telling you to come pick it back up, me rearranging everything to what I had so comfortable. Now I have to strip everything, and make right. sure it could be returned. I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. That's crazy. Let me get it my, right. My mind is so my mind is so skeptical, I just go straight to, wait, so are you selling me a bed that somebody else slept on and returned in 30 days or 90 days? I, oh I just go somewhere gosh. else with it. I'm like, nah, hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, so uh, let us know if there's other bed options that I should be looking into. Somebody has told me sleep number. I'm going to check sleep number. Somebody said dreamy cloud. or Purple. Isn't there, isn't there a brand too, purple? I think yeah, they said, I heard about they that one too. Once. I heard about that one too. Wait, listen. Just Vibes. Send send them all my way. Well, look, people, we're a little over, as always. Yeah, me. As <laughs> o- as always, but I had to say the Ooh. bed story. Uh, do us a favor. One, go check out the after show. The after show's been really fire lately. I don't know if y'all know this. You Facts. probably don't because you're not part of the all access squad and Apple Podcast. So go check that out. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms. We are back live on YouTube every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So go check that out. And then, uh, Moose, final words. Yeah, the difference between a thinker and one who overthinks is action. So the thinker, after they think about what they have to do, they actually take action on what they thought about. An overthinker thinks about what they have to do they think about it some more and they completely avoid taking action so for all my overthinkers out there stop thinking a little bit take a little bit more action